When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bart! My, 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 my. Bart! My American. I've been tracking Sasquatches for 25 years. Bart! My American. Global awakening to the new world order. Pardon my American artificial intelligence Android. Pardon my American. Do you believe in UFOs? Yes, sir. Extraterrestrial. You're listening to Pardon My American. What is going on, everybody? Woo! Gregory, how you doing, my man? You in that car? Unmuting right now. Yes. What is going on, boys? Jeez, man. <laughs> you left me hanging there for a second. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. You you called me out, dude. I, I fucking had it on mute still. No, no. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Those, though, damn, those damn mute buttons. Chris knows all about them. Come on, yeah. man. They yeah. freaking get you. As soon as you push them, you forget about them. It's true. Exactly. It's because it's not normal. It's like having yeah. children. No. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, maybe to some people. You know, you have them, you forget yeah. about them. But, I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we have, some, uh, we have some fun topics to go over today for sure, and you're driving to work. Uh, and we got your topic up here, so I know you haven't really got a chance to go through mine, uh, but I wanted to, I want to get into all. But Chris even brought one today. I did. Bring it's more one. of like because I think just today, to bring it up. There's no information really, just to bring it up because I think it could be an important thing. Yeah. Well, let's future. just right. let's just say it now. There's uh, a whistleblower that's going to be supposedly testifying today. Is that yeah, the case? whistleblowers. <laughs> Apparently, there's uh, three whistleblowers about to testify today to the House subcommittee. Okay. About so now, is this child. actually like a whistleblower, or is this uh, what CNN and uh, like Chuck Schumer call a whistleblower? Well, uh, this looks like an actual whistleblower. They're from actual organizations that are dealing with what's going on at the border. But see, that's why I always okay. like whistleblower. Like I, you know what? Like what is a real definition? Because I feel like if you're just work for a company that just d- deals with the border, like you're not really whistleblowing because that's your job to kind of talk about statistics. Yes, but unless you see things that are happening that shouldn't be happening in the first place. Yeah, a whistleblower is technically somebody who's speaking out against the norm, their normal operations, or what you, quote unquote. But it's like shit that's being swept under the rug and nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like, like Project Veritas stuff. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, I, I kind of wonder, like, what is a real... Because I, I would not... I would not, just reading this article, uh, uh, associate all three of them as whistleblowers. Uh, I feel like they all have a part in this whole whole thing. 
So basically, well now, the so head, the what head, is? Yeah, what's the story? The headline is whistleblowers, or it says whistleblower, but there's three people that they list here. Um, it tells the House that U.S. government is the middleman in a multi-billion-dollar migrant child trafficking op. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, the United States is the middleman for child trafficking at the southern border. Basically, that's what they're saying, and they're coming forward because it's like it, they're saying that the un, unaccompanied children coming across the border has like quadrupled in the last couple of years which we know yeah right but yep. the, the issue is if you read through the article that they're saying ultimately that because of policy that there's you know up to eighty five thousand children uh that have gone into the states they're supposed to release them to a relative yeah or to an adopted family like somebody that can take care of them uh and the issue is is that apparently there's eighty five thousand ish uh children who are out and about that they don't have any records on and know where they're at and then they're kind of uh they're basically saying that the administration has reportedly ignored signs of explosive growth in child labor so a lot of these kids uh, that they can't figure out where they're at yeah are you know in labor or trafficked uh, for you know you know yeah the, uh, yeah and they said that well, dude, even some there's a a large number of times where they actually do get like a sponsor for them where they can go into custody to someone and it come to find out those people are also illegal yeah oh so it's uh you know it's like the cps system you know yeah. what i mean yeah so basically uh, today the, i remember go ahead yeah no i remember when we were doing like the uh was it wayfair like we were looking into the Wayfair conspiracy. Oh yeah, and and we kind of like dove into the southern border and the increase of the children being trapped and whatnot. But I don't know if you guys remember this, but there's like specific facilities where they hold people. And remember, we like look at the pictures of the people who look like hot potatoes wrapped yeah. in foil because mm-hmm. they have like those foil blankets. Um, so those facilities only have a certain limit. Like a, a like a capacity limit for how many people they can hold within them, you know? Yeah, kind of like everything has a capacity, like it, in- for sure. But like the uh, the amount of children was far beyond the capacity of the building. So people were like, okay, well, where are the kids going then if yeah. they're not yeah allowed to go inside the building? Where are they going? Yeah, and this is one whistleblower. It's not three. So uh, no, Ter- it's three. No, it's one. Uh, Tara Lee Rodas, an HHS whistleblower, formerly with an inspector general's office. And then there's also the founder and president of the Alliance for Safe Texas. And then another person who is the director of policy studies at Center for Immigration Studies. Those who are not whistleblowers. Like to Greg's point, like a whistleblower is a person that works for the inspector general's office and comes out against what they're doing. Right. The other two are just their studies. Like the one is a, a immigration study. So they're just releasing data. To back what the whistleblower well, is saying. Yeah, no, she's the director of policy studies at the Immigration Center. It's immigration studies. Yeah, she's the director of that organization. I think there's only one whistleblower. Like, that's what I'm trying to say is, like, in everything is, is saying a, whist, a whistleblower. And then even in this, this statement here, it says Tara Lee Rodas, an HHS whistleblower. The rest of them don't have that. Hmm. It's just weird that they well, say one whistleblower, but they're... Three witnesses are I mean, testifying. I think regardless, there's, there's information coming out about the southern border that 
not a lot of people know about, apparently. And so yeah. I, I think to Dave's point, the other people might not be quote-unquote whistleblowers, but they might have been professionals within the field that noticed that something was wrong and they have the data to back up the whistleblowers. That's what I think you know it is. I mean? Yeah, because Alliance okay. for a Safe Texas, that organization, just based off the name, are going to be digging into like what effects this has on Texas or even the southern border and maybe can co- corroborate some of the information with what this person is saying, like numbers that they've seen. Uh, increased stuff, and we're gonna we're, they're gonna have the hearing. Oh yeah, uh, and there's two sides to this. To be fair, the uh, you know the the administration is saying like those numbers that eighty five thousand, they've never heard those numbers. Like they don't know where they're getting that at. They did say uh, to kind of wrap this one up for now that like they once they go into child into custody of a person who mm-hmm. can take the children, there is no obligation for follow up. The parents or the person that takes over the child is not obligated to have checkups and follow-throughs, and they're not obligated to do so. Well, and that's when it gets weird, right? Yeah, that's yeah. messed up, bro. Because if yeah, you, that's completely messed up. If there's situations where they're saying they're getting handed over to already people that are illegal mm-hmm. here, and you don't have to follow up, are they using that to their advantage? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they say, quote, that, like, you know, this is what they're going to be saying in the hearing, basically, is that children will, will work overnight shifts at slaughterhouses, factories, restaurants, to pay their debts to smugglers and traffickers. Today, children will be sold, obviously, for you know things that we can't really talk about. Uh, children, you know, they have hotlines for neglect and trafficking. For nearly a decade, unaccompanied children have been suffering in the shadows, right? Yeah. So when you have abuse at you know your normal home, families, like there are hotlines for them. Yeah. But for the immigrant children, there is no such safety net. And so, and it, to be fair, that I mean, listen, if you're gonna let them even come over here and detain them. If you're going to go that far as a country, you also have to have the safety nets around to do that. Otherwise, you shut the border down and no one's allowed over. Well, yeah, and she says that uh, one of the quotes was, I thought I was going to be helping place children in loving homes, and instead I discovered that children are just being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with being recruited in their home countries. Yeah, and it says sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning. And so that's that's where well, this dude, is going to go. Remember that remember that massive study that they found like 33,000 children or something over in Germany mm-hmm. were misplaced into uh let's say gropers uh, like what you know yeah. what's the appropriate term here. Yeah. They, they put them into houses that were completely unsafe for them in a sexual manner. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and that was over in Germany, and that was the CPS, and that was like the actual child protective services that were supposed to be placing them into quote loving houses and whatnot. Yeah, CPS is trash, bro. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not saying that they haven't saved lives; they absolutely have. They've saved children. There's no doubt. But well, there's also, always there's always good amongst the bad. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just as a whole, it's it's crap. And and to be fair, like, you why know, would you expect any different, man? Like, we have people in this country that adopt children or are foster parents that they do it solely because they get paychecks for it. Oh, yeah. Like, they're not, they don't give a for shit sure. at the, about the kids in a lot of ways. So I'm not saying you all of them. You know who I think cares more than CPS and I think will do a 10 times better job? Mm. The ex-presidents Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama. Didn't they start? They just started mm. a child importation service from Haiti. Like, I don't know what the hell this is called, and I don't know why the hell they're doing it. But all three of them banded together, which is the weirdest thing that I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, Chris, could you please look this up? Because like they just all of a sudden started this uh, child refuge program. 
where they're deporting people from or kids from these war-torn nations and importing them into the United States. It's like just them. Like, do they have the authority to do this? Uh, All they have is like their credentials are. Yeah, they they served as president of the United States. That's about it. So Obama, Bush, Clinton, child. What is it? What, what, what were you saying it was? Like a child what? Well, just like, yeah, child importation thing or something or like a refuge. Like they start their own company. They band together and, you know, if you guys can't find it, it's fine. I know. Dude, the only thing I see it. is from 2010, Help for Haiti. No, this is, uh, there's, this is something else. Oh, there's, right here. This uh, just this 2021. Obama, Bush, and Clinton joined forces. Oh, shit. oh we're not going to be able to. Join forces with new organization helping Afghan evacuees. So it's probably the same thing that's now doing Haiti, I assume. Yes, Afghans. That's what it was. Okay. Afghanistan. Oh, okay. This is like two years old. Okay. Well, wait. Was this all three of them? Yeah. Yeah. Banding together? The yeah. three okay. of our nation's most recent former presidents are coming together in an effort to support a new organization that aims to assist Afghan evacuees. Oh, it's welcome. Yeah. Welcome.us. Oh boy! Yeah, it says former president. <laughs> yeah, Bill Clinton, Bush, and Barack Obama, as well as former first ladies uh, Hillary, Laura Bush, and Michelle Obama are joining Welcome.us as honorary co-chairs to quote lift up everyone else involved and remind us that this is our opportunity in a time of all too much division for a common purpose. Wow, bro. Yeah, no, it's like I feel like they just recently did this again in a different country. Maybe. Because, yeah, I do remember they did this when they had the Afghanistan pullout, mm-hmm. and it was just sloppy as fuck. Yeah. And they're like, well, wait, hey, I, can we still get the children out of there? Let's still get the children. Come on, Bill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, Barack. All right, there. Let's put the band together. This one? Yeah, hit that one real quick. This is from a day ago. Uh, it could be crap, though. Bush, Obama, Clinton team up with American Express Global Business Travel to fly migrants into American communities. There it is. A non-governmental organization, NGO, founded by former President Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama, are backed by a uh, litany of multi- multinational corporations, uh, is teaming up with American Express Global Business Travel to fly migrants into the states. It says... The NGO called Welcome.us, no, same program. Yeah, it's still, they're talking about Afghans down here. Yeah, they launched uh, a couple years back. They had they saved some 85,000 Afghans across the, or ooh, resettled 85,000 Afghans across the U.S. in 2021-2022. Yeah, um, remember that? Yeah, I do remember They were going to bring yeah. a boatload, like they used the pictures of them on the planes and whatnot. Oh, so here's... They uh, all travel, came over. Uh, now the NGO is teaming up with Open Borders Group. Uh, miles for miles migrants. for migrants, as well as American Express Global Business Travel to fund flights to American communities for migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela, Ukraine, and Nicaragua. See, so it's like worldwide. So yeah. here they come. Yeah, we can't even take care of the people we have here. <laughs> no, right? Let's fill them up. Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. I, I think it's weird because of who they are. Uh, and the history, like, cause I know you're like, it's the weirdest thing ever having them work together. I think it's actually, if it was in a different situation, I would like this. Like, I think it is important for people of both parties, especially past presidents to still work together and try to do good things. The, oh, yeah. the question comes down to, is this a good thing? And, uh, I don't know. Well, man. no, that's, that's the whole thing is like their past, the rumors. Yeah. And then it's just like, uh, why is it just 
immigrants from other countries instead of helping people from our own country. Yeah. Well, you know, like, yeah, I would, I would love that. But like you're you're inviting illegal aliens into this country. And I think we know why it has to do with an election. Right. Yeah. Well, and I and I agree. I don't I don't disagree with uh, trying to help people in other countries that are in dire need of of help. But I mean, if you're just shipping them into the U.S. for a, a better life, I mean, a lot of the fucking cities in our country right now are not better lives. I mean, they're a fucking mess. Yeah, I I actually just don't like this. I got to be honest with you. I feel like the you a how what are you doing with them when they get here? Right? There has to be all these safety nets put into place for them because yeah. they're coming here. They may or may not be skilled in anything. They're not going to be able to just grab a job. What are they doing for housing? What are they doing for food? Yeah. Are, there, are there multiple kids with them? There's all those aspects on top of the fact that, like, I feel like they, f- I feel like the government feels like there's only two options. Like, we either go to war in these countries to try to save them or we just bring them over here. You know what I'm saying? And well, it, part of me just says, we can't fix the world, man. Like, it's unfortunate. It's part of reality that these countries yeah. have problems that we can't fix. But we can't save the world, and we can't. We don't have enough space or money or time for them here either. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think yeah, that's I, been the problem the whole time, dude. Like America's been the whole uh, watchdog of the world, and it's like, no, like if it wasn't meant to be, they weren't meant to be. Like as far as the country goes, like well, and it, there's a lot of it too. That's like poorer countries, yeah, and they're they're going through hard shit, but then. On top of that is the culture aspect. They just have different cultures. So mm-hmm. a lot of them live the way they do because of their beliefs or because of the way their culture has always been. Yeah. And they're not, they don't want the same culture that we have. No. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. Yeah. But I just, yeah, if we were a country that didn't have a homeless problem and people were not in poverty and we were just thriving and, and we weren't going through the turmoil that we are now, yeah, then you, that's when, I mean, it's the same with the family, man. Like think of a family, right? You're not adopting children. If you're struggling with your own family, yeah. you know, exactly. you're adopting children when you are capable to take care of another child on top of your family. Yeah. And so like, we need to look at the States as a family and we need to go, we have uh, family members that are struggling mightily, there's no point in adopting new family. Like we need to try to figure out ours first, and then we can adopt a new family. That's how I look at it. And it's you know you know what it is. I think uh, the United States is a hoarder. I think they're a hoarder <laughs> of immigrants. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm going to see them on an episode. What is it? Yeah. Uh, History Channel or yeah. some shit? Well, they're <laughs> not just that? hoarders a- of a- uh, of immigrants. They're hoarders of uh, money. They're hoarders of no, policies. Yeah. I mean, they love they yeah, love having weapons. a billion different things i'm cool with the web well then you bring up like this whole whistleblower thing that they're going to testify today yeah and then you have this organization with these past presidents just bringing thousands of people in yep and is it going through the same fucking shit like the stuff that they're seeing the the stuff that they're seeing at the border that's happening they're like hey this is real fucked up and is it are they just doing the same fucking thing from a different direction i don't know man like yeah why wouldn't they you know, it's like they would have all their ducks in order well, over here, but not over there. I don't and, know. And you have uh, Bush and Obama and Clinton, all which, listen, you know, we talked about them in a lot of negative lights. But let's just say to the average person who's clueless about reality, uh, they have a lot of sway. All three of these presidents oh, yeah. have a lot of sway. And it's like, why are you not teaming up together to figure out what our problems are in the states, like uh, financial issues, jobs? Uh, income or raising the, if you want to raise the minimum wage, like 
there's a lot of work that be, can, can be done here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and three heads coming together, I think, is a positive thing. If it wasn't these three, I would say it's a very positive thing. You know, but, like, at the end of the day, you want to see your government work together. Like, I know it's very partisan right now. Like, it's that you left and the right, now yeah. But at the end of the day, you would love to see people work together and have a common goal of making America great. You know, making making That's it the best it can be. To be. So it's just unfortunate that they all have bad names for themselves. I mean, that's kind of where it comes down to. Rough, you know? So, yeah. um, But it kind of reminds me of, like, just the, the U.S. trying to be the world's nanny. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It reminds me of this article that I brought to you guys from CNN, and this has to do with the sudden – or the <laughs> – Sudden Sudan conflict. Uh, they had, uh, they're trying to evacuate people from Sudan, and they're trying to initiate a ceasefire. The U.S. is uh, trying to negotiate with a ceasefire over there. Okay. And all of a sudden, you find out that there is a bio lab over in Sudan. Yeah. Now, this is uh, coming from a high-ranking medical source that told CNN that the lab, which contains samples, of diseases and other biological materials, including polio, cholera, and measles, has been taken over, and they're worried about the, uh, what is it called, the RSF, Rapid Support Forces, okay. taking over this material and using it as a biological attack. And they, uh, there's a quote in here. It says, quote, the danger lies in the outbreak of any armed confrontation in the laboratory because that will turn the laboratory into a germ bomb. And they're asking for, quote, urgent and rapid international intervention. So to, who, uh, so this is this. in Sudan? Yeah, I'm, in Sudan. Who, who took over the facility? They're saying that it has been taken over by RSF, which is Rapid Support Forces. So I think that's like the, uh, the rebels. Yeah, rebel, like rebel in forces. Sudan. Okay. Um, I mean, listen, this shit's going to happen, right? I mean, well, I, here's the first thing. Like, bio labs, like, I, I feel like when we say it, or especially when you say it, because you always go, bio labs, you know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like when you say it, like, you make it sound like it's not common. They're they're common. Like, are they not? Like, having a lab no, that but has I'm just, diseases. I'm just saying, like, in inside of a war zone area where it's getting taken over by somebody. Like, that's consistently the problem now. Well, it's because it's like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it happens. We have biolabs, but why aren't you protecting these a little bit better? Well, I mean, would you okay? But would you argue that that like most places that have populations do? I mean, because you look at Sudan, and maybe in your head you're thinking it's uh, you know not as civilized, which I I would probably disagree with. It's pretty big. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have a, a city or or a country, even. Um, they're going to have medical fields. They're going to have all the same things that we have in one form or another. So they're going to have labs. Like, all of them are going to have these labs, right? They're doing their own testings and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But if it's a bio lab with these kind of um, these diseases that you don't want to get out because they can cause outbreaks, you should have those fortified underground. They, they should be protected beyond just a regular lab. Yeah, you know, it's not just regular laboratory material, and, and you're doing regular shit. This is like biological potential biological warfare, and that's I think the security needs to be taken up quite a bit. Yeah, I think so, in the so, states that would be reasonable. So, what's the concern here? Are they concerned that these rebels or whatever 
are going to have the capability to release these they're as like a bioweapon? Yeah, they're concerned about a germ bomb, like all of that shit just getting out in the... If it was to explode, right? If they Mm. were to blow it up or if forces were to go in there and and try to take it back over and something was to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Same thing that happened over in Ukraine, dude. Yeah, see, I don't know how that works, right? Like, if, like, because I'm I'm not into the medical field as much. So, like, when you have these, like, say polio, Mm -hmm. they brought polio up. It's in a little fucking vat, okay? Yeah. If they fucking blow that shit up, does the heat fucking just kill that shit right away? I mean, we knew that, like, with uh, COVID, for example, like, sunlight was a bad thing for COVID. Like, it couldn't survive as well in sunlight. Yeah. So, like, what about a fucking bomb? I mean, do you think that a bomb exploding? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, those are viruses and stuff. Those Those will die in extreme heat. The only thing that can really withstand extreme conditions is, like, fungus spores. Okay. Yeah. But, like, this, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them using that in, like, a biological program. Like, they would take the samples and turn them into weapons. Not, not like, germ bomb doesn't literally mean they're going to explode I understand the germ that. Yeah. with a bomb. But to Chris's point, do you really think that these rebels are capable of doing that? That would be the question. It depends on who's backing them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if they get help from the United States, if they get help from another country like Russia, yeah, I'm sure Russia has scientists that can extract that shit and turn it into whatever. Well, I mean, that you know would, I mean? That would so, be more of the an issue if it was me. I wouldn't be as worried about those people particularly, like, making some kind of weird weapon out of it, but they could definitely sell it off. Yeah, they could. I mean, it goes on to say in, like, in a quote, it says that uh, the WHO said in a statement to CNN that the uh, trained laboratory technicians no longer have access to the laboratory and that the facility has suffered power cuts, meaning it is, quote, it is not possible to properly manage the biological materials that are stored in the laboratory for medical purposes. On top of that, uh, the power cuts also mean there is a risk of spoilage and depleting stocks of blood bags, according to director general of the laboratory. So, you know. I agree with you, Greg, that, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, you should have underground facilities or extra stored, you know, safe places where, you know, is not going to be able to be broke into from some outsiders, right? You have yeah. to, like, a t- yeah. fucking yeah. five-foot fucking concrete walls or ten-feet walls. But, like, we're talking about Sudan. And, and it's not just Sudan, but any of these, like, kind of third-world uh, countries, you know, that yeah. are not as developed, they're yeah. just going to have laps. They're not going to spend billions of dollars to secure it, you well, know? that's that's the whole point is like should these countries even have labs like this i mean and i like we just saw what happened with wuhan like mm -hmm. as something escaped from a lab you know it's like do we want to have that catastrophe all over again and are they setting it up for that but do we even have the right to tell a country that they can't have a lab yeah i mean that's the thing yeah that we have like an international um treaties yeah we have Mm -hmm. international laws and stuff so you think that we need so to have the, more international law? Well, when it comes to weapons of war that could potentially wipe out the country and nations, yeah. I mean, look what COVID did, dude. Don't you think we should have better regulations on shit like that? I mean, the gain-of-function research was outlawed here for a reason, and then yeah, it was I turned just, back on. I just, first of all, I don't like I don't like a, a UN or a foreign like you know body of people telling people what to do. 
I don't like that. For too, sure. And I understand I, I your point. That. But the, the, the other part of it is, is even though we have nuclear treaties and all these other treaties and you're not supposed to do X, Y, and Z, doesn't they mean that China do doesn't break the fucking rules and Sudan wouldn't break the rules. So, like, you can have these laws. They're not going to probably do much because they're, they're not sending UN people to all these labs. They're, they're not going to, to verify that they're secure like they're supposed to be, quote, unquote. You know what I'm saying? Why not, then? Why not what? Why don't they? I don't know. I, I, I feel like they, I feel like they don't do that with nuclear weapons. Yeah. Like I, I feel like even with something as devastating as a nuclear weapon, that can literally at any moment just be sent to another country right now. Like they're not yeah, doing checkups sure. on the no, UN's not doing checkups. Yeah, I think it it highlights the concern about these labs even further than you know what I mean. It's this. It's another drop in the bucket of oh here we go again another uh, biological warfare lab that we got to worry about. So. It, it highlights the concern that, yeah, these countries, these underdeveloped countries are having these potentials to have these biological, you know, potential biological warfare weapons. And, you know, there's not a lot of regulation around it. <clears throat> I agree. I don't like the idea of like a globalized force. I think the U.N. can suck it. Same with the WHO. But when it comes to like weapons and stuff, I think that there needs to be a a coming together an agreement mm -hmm. just like with there is with nuclear weapons i think that you're good well you're right there's going to be bad guys that it's just like the the gun argument like bad guys are going to get guns mm -hmm. bad guys are going to get yeah. nukes bad guys are going to get biological warfare weapons but what can we do to kind of like counteract that and be better prepared to fight against it, I guess. I just I for me I just feel like it's like these labs have been around forever. Like in in a, in one aspect or another, like oh, we've yeah, been totally. studying viruses and d this kind of stuff since when? I mean, you probably know even better than I would, Greg. Like forever, but I'm saying in a lab setting like this, like 50s, 60s, before probably that. Before then. So, like, my point is, is like the only reason that this is a conversation is because we just went through COVID. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's why we're talking about it because this has been going on forever. I'm sure countries that have been war torn have had these labs in their presence before. Uh, I'm sure when yeah. Germany was taking over shit that they were taking over labs as well. Um, and it's just to my thing is like when you look at like the COVID situation, like most of it wasn't really about like, yes, COVID killed people. We we acknowledge that it definitely like killed people. Um, but our argument was always about what was going on as far as the government side of things. Yeah. OK, so. I mean, listen, polio is bad. I think most people have polio vaccines. I think they're still getting those to kids. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty think, sure that yeah. they are. But, like, yes, they're bad. We just don't know, like, what extent it can be actually used and if they have the capability of even doing it. Uh, and so is this overhyped because My, of the recent years is what I'm trying to ask. Do you think that this is overhyped? Yeah. Like, why do you think it's coming from CNN? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why it's, they're going to overhype this shit because we know what's around the the corner that's happening in 2024. In the United States, you know what I mean? Like, there's something that's going to happen here. So it's like, are they trying to prepare the world for another uh, big C, little V 2.0? Well, and you got to ask, too, why, if there is rebels taking over places like this, why would they be taking over places like this? Are they doing it because right? that would give them an opportunity to maybe maybe have something to affect everyone else or a, a weapon or something? Or are they doing it as a money grab that they could hold as ransom? Or, you know, you have to, what is the motive behind it? Because I feel like any just random group of rebels, the, the bio lab wouldn't 
unless they knew they could make money off it or they would give them a one-up, that, that wouldn't be the first thing they go after. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm just concerned about um, – because the, the big C, that – I think we understand what that was used for, the underlying uh, conditions, what it caused around the world. I mean, the tyranny that it caused around the world. Mm -hmm. How many people fell into the, the government trap of mandates and – travel restrictions and just restrictions overall like you can't go into a restaurant if you don't have something yeah so it's like i feel like they're trying to set that up again because i think that that's the ultimate goal is that mm. it's like that unified global government you know what i mean so apparently we were already involved over there because the they were yeah, on, they were on a the ceasefire yeah we were on they were on a ceasefire brokered by us yeah. yes yep and then the other question comes into like, uh, you know, just because it's a foreign country and we, you know, we're hearing what somebody else is saying. Like, was this actually targeted or was this just uh, a fucking casualty of the whole, you know, taking over a city? Mm. Like, did they yeah, just go, we're yeah. going to go to this bio lab and we're going to take it over because it has all these things like you were just saying? Or was it like they're just taking over the whole city and this now part of the spoils and this is and it's not that they're necessarily taking this lab over <laughs> it's just in the area that they have now occupied yeah. and that's why they're saying that the technicians can't get into the building anymore because they are not you know this rebel group has now taken over this fucking 20 block radius or whatever the hell it is so i mean there's details that we're missing and i'm, I'm sure i don't want to be clear i'm not undermining the fact that like it's dangerous there always could be risk there always could, but like I just feel like even in Ukraine right now, like we're talking about the war in Ukraine and, and Russia, you know, like we have discussed the labs there, but that was like what, six months ago, four months ago, three months ago, you know, yeah. we were talking about labs and shit. Oh, and that was over. That was over a year ago. I'm just saying it comes and everybody gets like riled up about like, oh my god, like what if you know what if this happens and you know and then it well, just. Well, I could see them using this as a a reason to get into some sort of armed conflict over there to send our soldiers over there. I mean, it was just released that... Yeah. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, we have armed soldiers over in Ukraine, too, this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, why? <laughs> I feel like if they go, oh, well, there's a bio lab over there. 
we got to send our soldiers over there. Well, to if, we, this if we're this. over there negotiating ceasefire treaties, I wouldn't surprise me if we do have soldiers there anyway. Oh, yeah, for I'm sure. sure. I'm sure. I mean, it's concerning. I just don't really know how you handle it. Because I, I like, even when we were talking about Ukraine, I'm like, well, of course there's labs in Ukraine. Of course there are. Yeah. I mean, there's there's probably so many labs of people with little vials of fucking diseases and shit uh, all over the place, everywhere. Probably. And so that's that. That's my <clears throat> thing is like, you know, A, like, do you want more regulation when it comes to, like, the world telling countries what they can and can't do, even though it may be the right thing, like, to be real? Um, like, do you want the U.N. having more power? Because if they did make a regulation, hypothetically, uh, they could literally force the U.N. into countries to say we're doing checks but on why this does regulation. It have to be, why does it have to be the U.N.? Why can't it just be countries regulating their own shit? And just say, like, look, here's our law. This is a global law. Follow it, or there's going to be fucking consequences. Yeah, well, but that, you know that's not going to be the case, right? Like, you know that. Like, you know that, like— Yeah, that'd be like, okay, China, you, you're polluting a lot, so you have to make more laws to, so you don't pollute so much. And then you think they're China's like, oh, yeah, okay. self-regulate? Yeah, yeah, China's sure. not self-regulating shit. Yeah. Even if it was law, they're not going to self-regulate. So you know that if it was a law by the U.N. or by some you know major organization— <laughs> That they're gonna want For just sure. like what we did with the nukes, man. So let's let's agree that laws don't work, and so now we need to have a way to combat. We'll just assume that people are gonna have bio labs regardless of laws. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You need a you need a way to combat and counteract some sort of exposure activity. You know what I mean? Like you need to you need to think of a way to tactically get the bio labs out of their hands. So how are you gonna do that without war? Good you're luck. Not, you're not. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Good luck. Yeah. So there's just, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's got to be better ways of identifying where these vials go, identifying the, you know, but it's biological substances. So. <clears throat> well, I think the only way to combat that would not necessarily be spend all your resources trying to constantly keep people from doing it, but to have your own back and have like, treatments or cures for things that are possible absolutely dude and i think that that is what the number one defense of our department of defense is for studying these uh, gain of function activities is is in case there is a biological attack we want to be prepared and have a treatment or vaccine ready to go yeah but that's the issue that's, it's that's like they're cue. creating these super things and but they're not actually creating the treatments for them uh well as, as far they, as i know yeah, i mean the, I mean, with maybe the, uh, they are, with but the mRNA not. stuff. Yeah, they they created the backbone, the delivery system. They created that. Just not. I mean, because every disease is different, so that you have to put in the uh, the coding sequence of the disease into the mRNA um, mm -hmm. delivery system. Yeah. But the technology is there. Like they they put a lot of money into the developing that technology, which you know could be used for some cool things. But I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, that's a that's for me. Like, you know, the gain of function stuff is interesting. I feel like that's very different than just a, a standard bio lab, right? Like, if you have like polio yeah. in a in a vial, yeah, and you're using that to study polio and try to be, create better vaccines, for example, right? Let's say that's their goal. Yeah, or treatment. They're not or necessarily whatever. manipulating it. Not all of them are just like creating super fucking polio. Yeah, uh, but they're they're looking at it, and that's what this may or may not be. But on top of it, it's like to your point, Greg. You said, "Well, how do you how do you do it without war, right?" So you can either go there and like fucking you know take control or try to, 
or you look at what's probably the most realistic, and that is we've created a better polio vaccine that we need all Americans to take because now we have a polio uh, risk or we have this risk and we have a new vaccine that we all need Americans to take because you never know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it could be another medical push, bro. Make some more money for the fucking big pharma. Yeah, but then again, it's like the, the function stuff is how you create the weapon because the goal is to take out the population with something that they're not prepared for. Agreed. And you, you do that by changing the way that the virus interacts in your body. And if you don't have a vaccine or a treatment for that, that there you go. That's, that's your gain-of-function activity. I, I know, yeah. but what do you think that all labs – are gain-of-function? Like, all labs are manipulating viruses, or do you think that there are lots of labs that just have viruses? Yeah, there's different levels. There's, like, biological, um, you know, safety labs. There's, I think, the one over in Wuhan was a level four. I think once you get past a certain level, Mm -hmm. then then that gain-of-function activity is allowed at that lab. Well, and I think it's it depends on if they're even doing that at certain labs anyway, because I feel like, the, probably the large majority are just normal fucking shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure in Austin there's labs somewhere that have polio and some random shit oh, stored in there. I mean, it, they're just they're you have them, you know. I guess I I guess where I, it comes to me is like hearing this from like CNN and you're not getting the full story. Like, who's actually taking? Why was it taken over? How was it taken over? What is the lab actually doing? Like, it just leaves so many holes that, like, it leads to where you can speculate that this is going to become a uh, a germ bomb. Or yep. is it just a fucking medical lab, like a, fu- like a hospital? You know what I'm saying? That has shit in the hospital that, you know, maybe they're looking at. Uh, who knows? Or I, I, is it uh, the same kind of situation where these rebels are actually people trying to fight for what they believe and get away from the government bullshit? Maybe. I mean, it, it, right. kind of like they just did withhold the J6 stuff. I don't know. Sorry, I missed that. What did you just say? Because I went through a fucking something happened. Oh, I, I was like, are, are these rebels just being labeled rebels? Kind of like the whole J6 thing. It, is it? Could you go that way with it? I mean, obviously, we don't we don't know. Yeah, I, I have no history on Sudan as far as like either. what any of these things. And, and of course, they but can I mean, all the situations that. we've been through in the last few years, you kind of have to question like, are yeah. the people they're labeling as bad guys actually the bad guys? Well, and then are they being armed by our Department of Defense, like ISIS was? Yeah, who knows? You know, it's just like yeah. we have armed military um, insurrectionists before in other countries we've yeah. we've supported coups so oh, yeah. it's like why wouldn't that's kind of the know. whole point of the the cia was that's what they do mm. yep i, I don't I know mean, I, that's that's going down a whole different road but yeah it's like i agree that's the way i'm looking at it too chris is like why is cnn coming out with this are they trying to scare us into thinking like something bad is going to happen and then what is really going on over in sudan yeah Indeedy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I, it's probably one of those situations where we're probably never going to get the full story. Well, my no. my guess would be within a week you won't even know this. Like you won't remember that this even existed. Probably not. And that that's where like I just try not to get like too wrapped up in the conspiracy of it all because, like, why would CNN do this? Why would they not? They talk. I mean, literally, there's articles about why Kim Kardashian has a, a pimple on her butt. Like. They, they'll talk about anything that has any relevancy at all. Like, of course they will. You know yeah. what I mean? So, of course, they're going to talk yeah. about it. Does it mean anything? Who knows? I, I 
true. I think that this has higher consequences than a zit on Kim's butt, but you never know. That might I know. be a massive pimple, dude. I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's my point, is that when you say, why would CNN bring this up? Because there could be consequences. That's why they brought it up. It's not – CNN sucks horribly bad. There could be consequences on – Kim Kardashian's ass too, because I yeah, guarantee she's got a huge insurance that's policy. She does. She does. Ray J can't slap that thing with that <laughs> yeah, big yeah. ass pimple. Uh, I just think like CNN's a horrible thing, but they're also like just to assume every time that it's just to sway something. I don't know. I mean, they could yeah. just be this journalist, whoever wrote this article, could just be saying, "Hey, this is interesting." Like we are right now. Like uh, we don't know what this means, but there is a, a risk to it all. And so, yeah, I, mean, well, I think it's worth keeping an eye on. It's sure. nothing yet, but just like that's how the big C started too over in Wuhan. It's like it started out as okay, let's keep our eye on this, and then holy shit, yeah, yeah. It took over the whole cunt, the whole world. Yeah, well, yeah, I, it's harder to sell this stuff when it's something that everybody knows. That's the problem. Uh, and we've talked about that before. When you have this new variant that's no one's ever heard of under a new name, COVID nineteen, for example, and everybody's like, yeah. "What is this? Where?" When you say polio, people go, "Oh, I know what polio is," you know, and you kind of already. Well, dude, have they'll history, just rename but... it. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe. They'll, 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 yeah. they'll name it something scary. You know? Yeah. Polio twenty three. The pulverizer. The but... pulverizer. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the pole. Yeah. Uh... No, the Mar- the Marco Polio. I don't know. So maybe they'll. Um, another thing I want to bring up. I know we're getting out of time here but i've had it on my list for four fucking days so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking go there because i've been wanting to talk about this but uh there's a new article up today so it's the reason that i wanted to bring it up it's talking about the uh, perverse biden rule forcing people with good credit to subsidize high-risk mortgages and uh this mm. one to me is like I, you know when it comes to like news you know what i'm saying and like what's important to me like the biolab thing Sure. But like when it comes to this, like this is something that actually is affecting every person in this country or could affect them in a positive or a negative, depending on where you stand in your uh, wealth. okay, or not even wealth, but your credit, uh, which um, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up, you know, with uh, with a mother who like pushed it on me that like, hey, having good credit is extremely important. Uh, and, yep, you're and, like a Lannister, dude. You you always repay your debt. Yeah, and I think it's important that we do. I think it's important to pay them off and, and like pay your bills on time if you are taking out loans to do such. And, and having good credit, I know a lot of people don't like the credit system. And well, I, get I mean, it. it's not even about – that aspect isn't even really about the credit. I mean, that's just a moral thing. You owe people money, you pay them back. There's that. But I'm saying like for the bigger picture of being able to go purchase a vehicle, uh, most people can't – most people don't don't just drop cash on a car or a home yeah, like most yeah. people don't yep. like you're taking out a mortgage yeah and that mortgage gets significantly more expensive if your credit is bad if you can even afford it at that point yeah um so this was something that was brought up a few days ago and his plan basically is to uh reward and i'm going to say it that way people with bad credit yeah and the people that are paying that fee are people like myself who have good credit um so yeah. what what is this fee and like how does this work? So basically, if you're you have a credit score under a certain amount, you get like a one point seven five percent discount on like mortgages, mm-hmm. and if you have a credit score above a certain amount, you get charged an extra one percent. So it says experts said oh. under under the rule, people with credit scores in the neighborhood of six eighty might pay another forty dollars per month on a four hundred thousand dollar loan to subsidize higher risk mortgages. 
So like if you, and yeah, so there's like a 1% increase for people over, you know, six, 680, or I think even at one point said 760. If you have over 760, it could be even more. But the people that are high risk are going to get a 1.5, 1.75% decrease yeah. on their mortgage rates. Okay, so where is this taking place? This is world, uh, countrywide? Yeah. Yes. This is Obama. Uh, uh, sorry, Biden's fucking bullshit. It takes, a fir- it takes effect May 1st. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's drawn criticism, uh, obviously. Um, and it says, we can do better programs to help minorities get into home ownership. This is not the way to do it. I agree with that. I wish I had the original article because it actually broke down a little bit more about the uh, specifics on the actual program. This one's more talking about... Um, the changes and what's Yeah, coming. so it says yeah. Federal Housing Finance Agency, the FHFA, uh, playing politi- or politics with the U.S. housing market by forcing people with good credit to subsidize high-risk mortgages and warn that doing so would put individual home buyers and the entire market in danger. So it says uh, Roger Marshall of uh, Kansas, a Republican, and 17 other GOP senators issued this warning in a letter to the FHFA director Sandra Thompson that also demanded the details of how this policy decision was made, a possible sign that the uh, legality of the move could be challenged. So they are going to talk about challenging it. So, I mean, the, the issue is, is especially I, the reason that I soaked this in was because we, we just started building a home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We just got ourselves into a situation. Uh, Chris is going to be getting a place eventually here. And so, and it's, it's anybody, my wife's brothers who were wanting yeah. to buy a home. Like if you've, I'm so sick of this country punishing people that are doing the right thing or and doing are trying good, to be good well, citizens. Not even just doing the right thing, but just doing actually good by themselves. Yeah. And you get punished because somebody else isn't. Yeah. Dude, that's uh, that's the whole thing. Like, I remember a couple years ago, they hate you talking about, like, the media, the politicians, our government in general. Yeah. That was being thrown around. This yeah. is the perfect example, and I think that this needs to be kept track of yeah. and used as one of those examples on the debate stage that shows that they fucking hate you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, man. They do fucking hate you. They yeah. hate people that are good. Like that, That's, the, that's yeah. the truth. They hate people that work hard, try to save money because they tax the fuck out of and you. And being successful on their own. And Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, in a, in a society where credit scores do mean a lot in the big things, right? Like, it, it, your everyday use means nothing. Yeah. Uh, maybe it does because your credit cards and everything else, who knows? But regardless, when it comes to buying a home, which we know the housing market's in a weird teetering spot right now, or buying cars or, you know, any of that shit. If you, want, if you weren't trying to push EV, for example, okay, and you know how expensive those are, um, you know, you want people with good credit because they're going to be able to afford that car more than likely. Yeah, and now you're punishing them. Yeah, but see, that's not the issue. That the issue is is that they are. I mean, even in this says decrease mortgage rates for riskier individuals with low credit scores and forcibly raise the rates for those with higher credit scores. This short-sighted and counterproductive policy demonstrates a profound misunderstanding of the necessity and the accurately tailoring housing finance product to credit risk and establish a perverse uh, incentive. That punishes hardworking Americans for their fi- fiscal preju- or prudence. Prudence. I'm sorry. That was a that was kind of there, but so at the end of the day, it's like I have to pay more. It's a tax oh, on yeah. me because and and why would you want somebody who has a shit credit score being able to purchase a whole a home that they shouldn't be able to purchase? Because then you're going to get us right back in the, the bubble. They're they're going to fail. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Bring everything crashing down. It's a short term thing. So. 
this reminds me of um, all of the students that got their student debt paid off. Yeah. And it's like, hello, who do you think paid for that? We did. All that money came from taxpayers. So it's like, again, we're paying for people's problems and they don't have their shit together and their bad choices fall into our bank accounts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just feel like you could make this. So here's the deal. If you have somebody that has very poor credit, okay, real poor credit, like very risky. The reason that you have the credit score is because the bank can look at it and say, dude, this person doesn't pay their shit on time. In fact, they don't pay at all, okay, or whatever the situation. And the bank is protected because they can say, I'm not fucking lending this person money because I'm probably not going to get it back, right? And so, yes, that's a problem because there's a lot of people with poor credit. Some out of their control, you know what I'm saying? There's some people that just did not grow up and had that understanding. But to be fair, we could get in the whole... You know, high school should be teaching this shit because it, it is very, very important. Yeah. yeah. But regardless of that, you could do other things. If you're worried about people not being able to afford a home because, let's say, their credit score is a fucking 600 or 550 and they, they're risky, yes, like they're not going to be able to afford a home because the, the uh, I'm sorry, the interest rates that they're going to be paying is going to, they're going to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest uh, because of how risky they are. I'm sure there's other things that you could do. Uh, that would maybe allow them to get into a home and not put that burden on people that actually did the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, there has to be another way around it. There has to be. Uh, but, I like, to make me or Chris or anybody else pay an additional percent when it's already fucking through the roof is crazy. Well, they already have certain situations like that. You, when you Like, when you go buy a house, you can add on, say, I want to add, uh, throw in another $10,000, and I'll I'll buy down my interest rate. You can buy down interest rates down to a certain point. Are you talking about for people with bad credit? I mean, if you're not if you're you're not buying a house if you have bad credit in the first place, they're just not going to allow you. You're, well, they are gonna, now. Well, th- That's this the point. doesn't change their yeah, but this doesn't change their credit score. Just because this the money that we're paying is going to help is probably going to help buy down interest rates so people can afford stuff well they're so we're paying it one percent they're getting a decrease yeah they're getting a decrease and the money that we pay is going into funds to help them buy more houses too so is this is this like a variable rate like this depends on how much money you make and how much money the the properties are worth or is this like fixed like this is like a fixed rate no as far as this program it sounds like it's fixed I think that's, it's fixed. I think that's yeah. pretty dramatic. Here's what to know. This is from USA Today, okay? Uh, mortgage fees are changing for home buyers next month. Here's what you should know. Um, let's see here. So the entire matrix fees based on credit scores and down payments have been updated. If you have a top credit score, you will still pay less if you have a lo- then you have a then having a lower credit score. However, the penalty now for having a lower credit score will be smaller than it was on May 1st. So there's they're ultimately in this particular article saying, okay, for example, if you have a score of 659 and are borrowing 75% of the home's value, you'll pay uh, a fee equal to 1.5% of the loan balance. Before these changes, you would pay 2.75% of the fee. Um a hypothetical $300,000 loan, that's a difference of $3,750 in closing costs. On the other hand, if you have a credit score of 740 or higher, you would have uh, you would have paid a 0.25% fee on the loan, 
very minuscule, uh, for 75% of the home value on May 1st. After that date, you could pay as much as 0.375. So there is an increase percentage on that. Yeah. Uh, but a decrease on the low risk. So, I mean, it, listen, is it like... I can tell you that just from having, like, looking at homes recently, and Chris, same thing, I can tell you for sure that, like, when the when the um, interest rates go up one point or two, you know what I'm saying, when it was at, shit, it used to be like 275, you know, but then yeah. it went to five, five and a half, six, six and a half. Now it's in that, you know, six to seven in some aspects. That 1% increase is the difference between you buying a home that you want and having to lower your your standards. Yeah. It's a significant yep. thing. And and that's coming from us where we have I mean basically we have great credit. Me and my wife yeah. have great you, credit. Scores. If you owe 1% on $300,000, I mean that's $3,000. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's a 1% of of a large amount of money is is a large increase. They just uh, like the housing situation, they've just fucked it for people that are trying to do the right thing. I mean, we had we have a Absolutely. significant down payment. Me and my wife have collectively an 800 credit score. Like both of us are literally 800. I mean, it it's great. So when we go look at these homes and we say, "Man, we have this much down." And when I say this much, I mean, for the homes we're looking at, half down. Literally. Um, it doesn't matter. Like they were like, "No, like if you just put like, you know, uh, you know, 20, 30% down, so like say 75, 80,000 down on a home, uh, this is how much it's going to cost, right? With your credit score, this is how much it's going to cost. I'm like, okay, well, what if we put in the whole amount that we have? Uh, it t- takes the mortgage rate per month from $2,400 on one house that we had an example of to $2,200. Yeah. $200 off by putting another 80,000, 90,000 down? Like, yeah. it's, 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 a, yeah. it's, it's fucked. It's absolutely fucked. They don't want you to, and there's a benefit well, to the, putting that much they down. They don't want you to do that in the first place because then the interest on your loan amount isn't going to be very much. Yeah, so, they won't yeah. make any money. So yeah. they won't make any money. Yeah. That's but that's what they, I'm saying. It's the, rewarding. That's the biggest reason why they're telling you not to. Well, so here's the deal. They they may not make as much money because they pay it off faster. Sure. Right? But you're going to get money. Like, there's no doubt they're getting money. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is you have these high-risk ones, and they're like, oh, we're going to make more money. Are you? Because there's a high chance that you're going to have to foreclose on that fucking home. You know what I'm saying? And then you're stuck with it and trying to sell it for whatever pennies on the dollar you can get for it through a fucking auction. I'm just saying, like, there's give and take on both ends. There's give and take on both ends. But the people that do the right thing and have, you know, and my wife, that's been a frustration for her. Is like, I just feel like, you know, we have all these good assets right now that we've set into place, made all the right decisions, and it really doesn't matter. And they try to fuck you at every corner. And they try to fuck you at every corner. But God forbid, I mean, if you if you suck at life, okay, and I'm not, some people, I know I know people that have bad credit scores. They're well, yeah, great I do people. too. And there are a lot of people that go through hardships. Yep, but. there's great people and, and times get tough. I'm not knocking that. But a lot of times it's people that are milking the system. That's what I'm trying to say. And they don't care to even get their credit score up. They don't care to try to have a better life. And yet they get the home that they want. Yeah. Better than what they would have. And so that's on me? That's on you, Greg? Like, I don't think so, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should be our, – Yeah. Our rates should be lower, period. Like, I don't – fuck the greedy shit. Like, our rates should be lower. It should be easier for us well, to get a home. The, the- People who are doing the right thing should be incentivized. Yes. And it shouldn't be the opposite way around. And it, right now, it's the opposite way around. And I well, think it's, yeah. This, it's, like, this needs to be collected. Like, we need to, like, collect these examples and use this. Uh, or at least uh, whoever's running against Biden needs to use this on the debate stage because these are, are prime examples that affect 
everybody. Yeah. Well, isn't that kind of the the trend, at least with this administration? It, I mean, doing the doing the the good thing by yourself or the right thing by yourself is always the worst way with this administration. You're always yeah. incentivized to do it the the easy way around or do like even with the immigration shit. Yeah. It's incentivized to come here illegally because then you get more you're gonna end up getting more benefits than if you just did it the right way in the first place. Yeah. Well and that's why that's why they're trying to grow that populace of dependent. Yep. Like yeah. the dependence on the government. They they want that population to grow so that way the people who are doing the right thing are continually having to pay up pay you know whatever they they have to for the people who are depending on them eventually they're going to get sick of it and that population that's doing the right thing is going to dwindle and die yeah to me it's left it's getting porked in the butt by for the middle class it's a middle class issue again and for an administration like biden's who claims that they work for the middle class it's just another example of how they don't right the rich don't care they have so much money and if you're talking about the the, the wealthiest of oh, wealthy, yeah. right? They're not affected by this shit. They're like, well, fuck, you know, what's another couple fucking twenty thousand? Or yeah. obviously, they're buying bigger homes, so there's bigger interest. But they're not as affected. the The lower income or the the people that have not been all that responsible are getting better. Okay, they're they're getting uh, better than what they would have. Yeah. And then the middle class gets it in the shorts again. And so, like, when the, the vast majority of people are middle class, mm-hmm. like this railroading of the middle class has got to stop. Because, and we've seen this with the homeless, like just giving a homeless person, because that's a big argument. We have all these vacant homes. Let's just give the homeless these vacant homes. Well, fact in history shows you that they are incapable of taking care of these homes. Yeah. So they lead to homes that look like Detroit now, where the windows are burned out or the fucking whole building catches on fire. They're a fucking safety hazard. You can't just give people homes because they don't have the responsibility to take care of the fucking homes. On top of the water bills, electric bills. Uh, just maintenance of a home, well, that, and that's just no—that's just no knowledge in human nature. If you yeah. give somebody something, they're not going to have as much respect for that object yep. as if they earned it themselves. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just well, and it's it's uh it's like immediate gratification. Yeah, that's yeah. what people people are getting used to that immediate gratification. What do you think social media does? Like the TikTok, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Everything's on demand, mm-hmm. so it's like immediately it will help you, but in the long run, you're going to be fucked, and you're going to. Yeah, the property is going to be worth shit. The bank will foreclose on it. They'll have to yep. resell it for pennies, like Dave was saying. Yeah, I mean they they could even go to the banks and tell them to cap certain uh, rates. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, listen, we understand that they're high risk, okay, but we also can't just like, you know, overdo it because they're high risk. Like, you know, there needs to be a limit. Let's say that. I know that would bite them in the ass too, and the banks would end up just saying, "Well, then we're not taking anybody." Well, yeah, then they just be like, then we're not giving people under yeah. this level a loan at all. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but just giving people shit is not the answer. Uh, may, like, and I know that we're not giving them anything, and people would just say, "Well, listen, it's just we're just helping out their interest rates by a couple percents. Like, what's what's a big deal, man?" But the big deal is, it's not that. Yeah, you're helping them. Fine. The inter- the problem I have is that you're hurting me. And that's my issue. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but when I have a family and shit and I want to buy a home and I've done all the right things, I should not have to have another hurdle in front of me to do with this. If not just me, maybe I'm fine because, you know, we already are into this house now. But what about uh, my wife's brother who's just here who wants to buy a home? Yeah. And he's just looking at shit going like, God damn. Like, I work hard. I got a good paycheck coming in. Like, he's got pretty good credit. He's going to get fucked. Yeah. My kids are going to yep. get fucked. So it's it's to me it's nuts and I it's it is what it is. They're, I know they're trying to fight it, but we're talking May first. This is going to be implemented, and I don't really see how this helps the market. 
It won't. Well, that's why you gotta you gotta vote these people out, dude. And hopefully that's like because I I know that's cliche to say that, but this is a prime example where you're right. Like when you first started this conversation, you're like, dude, you know the biolabs, whatever. This impacts me. This impacts everybody that I know. Mm-hmm. So it's like people need to kind of focus on these issues and hone in on them. Don't forget about them. Yeah. And tabletop, like leave them for a tabletop discussion and, and be like, dude, remember this in the voting booth. Remember the, what Biden did to you. Yeah. Uh, well, this yeah. is this is what I'll end it on this because I feel like this is the way that the government works right now. So this is a quote from this article. This is where I'll end it on this topic for me. It says, I can see both sides. Hack and Wildcat, a mortgage area manager in Kansas said, uh, are there going to be people who qualify for a loan, but maybe shouldn't? Maybe. But that's probably a very small percentage, he said. Uh, also adding, but I can see at the end of the day, money is money. And if you have great credit, why should you be penalized, right? Mm. But here's the line. We're going to have to see this in practice and see how it plays out. But overall, the thought process is probably sounding good. That's the shit that pisses me off. Let's just test it on the American public and let's see if it works or doesn't work. Because at that point, you put it out there. What if it bombs? Now you got people who are just fucked, Okay. crisis situation and it's like nancy pelosi saying we just need to implement it so we can see what's in it like no i want to know what's in it. i want to know what's happening you have to run through every scenario and find out exactly what's going to happen and what the effects would be before you do any of that shit yeah that's the whole point of the whole this whole process exactly exactly so for me it's just frustrating that like you know you you try and i admittedly understand that like my mom was amazing as far as financial with me and having me understand what was going on my brother as well some people don't have that. I get that. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I've went out of my way to not like. Well, that's not an excuse. You you have the ability to self-educate. Yeah, but they don't. That's on you then. I know. I, I hear you. But I'm just, I, I what I'm saying is that some people don't understand the, the, the importance of credit. They don't. Uh, and when you're older, you do. And I don't know how to fix that other than saying, like, maybe we should mandate this in schools to where kids understand how to write checks or understand finances or understand credit scores more as a mandatory thing. But I just, I feel like if you've done the right thing. I know how you fix it, Dave. What's that? You got to start your own TikTok channel. Oh, boy. Dave's financial advice <laughs> right there. I don't know. Financial Dave. I mean, at this point, there you go. yeah. I mean, my wife is incredible with money, too. Uh, she actually does the majority of call it now. Call it Dollar Dave. Dollar, Dollar Dave. Dave. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's that's a part of it, man. Uh, it's God. a part of it, dude. It's a, it's a responsibility. It's a part of it, like being married. Like, you want to be with somebody who's also uh, responsible and and, yeah. and handles shit. Uh, it just, it, it is what it is, man. But well, I, I think it's a it's a, a thing we need to make sure is being taught in schools more. Yeah. But also, it's a responsibility in the family to educate your kids on things you want them to be educated in. Sure. I, I mean, I agree. And I think there's a lot of that where the education kind of stops when they leave the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a, a bad trend as of the last couple generations sure. where they just, they're no longer teaching at home because they're being quote unquote taught at school. Well, they're assuming that they're being yeah. taught. I agree with you. I agree with you. And this just hits home more because of the situation that we're in here specifically, right? We're look we're purchasing homes we're looking to have foundation well, and it's not just it's us and millions of other people no i'm just saying for this particular article why it's important to me it's yeah. because we're in the middle of this ourselves and the interest rates are high and and that it's just one more thing dude 
Well, and I think this uh, yeah. this is a, a thing where a lot of people now are going to go try to get home loans, and they're going to be, oh, I have to pay an extra 1%? What the fuck's this all about? Well, if and, they even and that's probably Well, that's the thing. A lot of people are going to figure that out right then. Anyways, that's that. Yep. That's that. So right we'll, we'll on, see guys. how this pans out. May 1st is the uh, start day, but who knows? I, it seems like they're trying to like go against it. Uh, will they? I doubt it, but it seems like per that last quote, just let it happen. See what goes on, man. What What's the worst that can happen, Oh, right? no. Don't let it happen. Uh, Greg, pleasure talking with you, my friend. Uh, hopefully you have a yes, good rest we'll of the day. Yeah, we'll talk to you all tomorrow, yeah. Chris, cheers to you, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Later. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.